a, a short clip of the Swetnick woman on NBC being interviewed, I think for the first time publicly, about her various gang rape claims. I wouldn't be here today except for about six weeks ago. I happened to learn about Brett Kavanaugh becoming one of the people who was shortlisted to go to the Supreme Court. This is in July? Um, Summer? I, I don't remember exactly, but it was about six weeks ago. And then I became aware of Dr. Ford and her description of what had happened to her at a party one time that also had Brett Kavanaugh involved. And I started to think back to my days when I was in the early 80s in Montgomery County in Maryland. And I thought that I might have some information that might corroborate some of the things that she had stated. So you only thought about coming forward when you learned about Dr. Ford? Yes, because I did not know how close Brett Kavanaugh was to possibly becoming the next Supreme Court Justice. I just want to get the timeline right about this because he was nominated in July. Christine Ford, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford came forward in the Washington Post mm -hmm. more recently in September. Mm -hmm. So was it in September that you uh, it's it's been a, it's been several weeks but I'm not somebody who follows the news. I'm not political at all. Okay. Yeah, that kind of fell apart there at the but end. But she came forward before Dr. Ford's allegations because of Dr. Ford's allegations. Right. Well, that settles that. She came forward because of them before they existed. Andrew it Egger, would seem according to that timeline. Andrew Egger, reporter for the Weekly Standard, took in the sordid mess and uh, has some thoughts on it. Andrew's written for the Orange County Register, the American Spectator, the Daily Signal, and uh, and others. Hello, Andrew. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, guys. W what is the big takeaway from the interview, Andrew? Okay, the big takeaway is that it was bizarre. It didn't make sense. We shouldn't. I mean, we we should not see this as a credible allegation, in my in my opinion. I think I think that um, you know I I, I and uh, a lot of people in my office we've 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 tried to keep an op as open a mind as possible about a lot of these things. You know, um, I I I think that uh, Dr. Blasey Ford had pretty credible testimony um, before the Supreme Court or before the Senate Judiciary Committee last week. Uh, I think this uh, allegation from Julie Swetnick does not help her case. I think that she. Um, you know, you know, I, I, I have a hard time escaping the conclusion that she's either lying or there's something not right going on there because uh, it, it's exactly like what you guys were just saying. I mean, it just doesn't stand up uh, under the slightest pressure because, I mean, this, this NBC interview was not a, a hard hitting interview. You know, the interviewer was not trying to trip Julie Swetnick up at all. And yet it seemed every question she she, you know, somehow managed to cast further doubt onto her own story. Did she have the creepy porn promoter Avenatti by her side? Uh, he was not. He was not there with her during the interview. But that's that's. Uh, it's interesting you bring up Avenatti because he is. Um, you know, as I'm as I watched this thing unfold, the thought that kept occurring to me was, "Wow, this, you know, I could almost believe that this was that this lady was like." some sort of false flag, some sort of person who'd been paid by Republicans to, uh, to, to bring forward a, a, dis, like a, a clearly not believable allegation against Brett Kavanaugh. But we know that's not the case yeah. because this woman is being represented by this guy who is, you know, trying to use this, this allegation in order to springboard his own yeah. uh, Democratic presidential we, run in 2020. We wondered is, about bizarre. that. Yeah, we wondered about that last week that where it might not end up helping 
Kavanaugh and the Republican side and that some people who are kind of barely paying attention will just kind of mix it all together in one load of horse S. Right. Because this woman's so unbelievable. Right, right. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a very real possibility. It certainly doesn't help Dr. Blasey Ford. Here, here's what I, you know, she, she fell apart in a million different ways last night. But here, I think, is the crux of the thing, is that I do not believe Julie Swetnick when she says that she was unaware uh, that, that Brett Kavanaugh was close to being confirmed to the Supreme Court in September. Uh, everybody in America knew that Brett Kavanaugh was on the verge of being confirmed to the Supreme Court in July, in August. This woman has security clearances. She's worked in government. She's paying attention to these things. Um, and, 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 and then so her allegation it comes out last night is not that she had any specific knowledge that it was Kavanaugh and that it was uh, Mark judge who were running this supposed rape ring uh, in high schools in the eighties. She just remembers them being at the parties and standing suspiciously near the punch bowl. But even that, I mean, even that much is, is it, it beggars belief, right? Because right. If she didn't have any specific knowledge that they were the ones running it at the time, then why on earth would they be the ones that she remembers from this supposed shadowy cabal of teenage rapists right. uh, at these parties back in the 80s? I mean, I, 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 I've tried to get my brain around it a million ways. It just, I, I, I cannot possibly see a way in which this is a, is a, you know, a woman with her act together operating in good faith. And that's just my opinion. I've just, seen, I, I, I I've just heard clips. I haven't uh, seen the whole interview, uh, and I apologize to the audience for that. But uh, did they get into the line of guys in the hallway waiting to engage in the gang rape stuff? Yeah. So the, 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 the big news that came out of the, the thing last night is that uh, – this woman, Julie Swetnick, walked back uh, a couple of the allegations that she made very strongly in her sworn deposition last week. And one of those was, you know, having any knowledge that Kavanaugh and and uh, and judge were involved with, you know, setting up these supposed rapes. But the other one was was the notion that these uh, that that there was any sort of cabal at all, because what she alleges is now that a she was once raped uh gang raped at a party um she continues to allege that um and also that at other parties she saw guys standing around outside doors um now now she alleges that there's a connection between those two things but but she she doesn't even claim any particular knowledge now about these rapes being sort of like a repeatable was it the bathroom uh, like guys thing. lined up to get into the bathroom it could have been that <laughs> yeah yeah well okay yeah, you know that to I me saw these people lined up outside a door and they just cut coming in and out yeah it's the bathroom that happens all the time <laughs> this uh this uh, feels settled to me andrew Egger, reporter for the weekly standard did you read the rachel mitchell report to the committee about dr ford's testimony I did, yeah. I found that uh, really compelling and interesting going in a methodical way over all the inconsistencies um, and and what was not remembered. And, and, you know, the delaying tactic stuff was undeniable. I mean, if you're following that, you realize that. But what do you think of the Mitchell report? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the Mitchell report really gets to the key uh, argument that is going to be important to Republicans, which is that, you know, it is at the end of the day impossible to uh, ascertain the actual facts of this of this investigation in, in, any, in any sort of concrete way um, and that uh, as a result the evidence is insufficient uh, in, in in the view of Republicans to uh, overturn this nomination obviously Democrats see it a different way Democrats 
see, you know, uh, Dr. Blasey Ford's testimony as having been made in a spirit of truthfulness that she, you know, she she seemed uh, more interested in getting uh, to the actual truth of the matter than Kavanaugh did in his hearing. I can't really speak to that, um, but I, I, I do agree that um, I, I agree with Republicans that, you know, it, at the end of the day, it, it, it's not you can't possibly uh, look at a scenario like this. Where the where the facts are so ancient and uh, and and the you know the just the what happened is so murky and just try to make a sort of judgment call about whose testimony is more credible. So right. I think I think that uh, it, the Republicans did a really good thing uh, by getting uh, Ms. Mitchell in there in order to uh, try to provide a more sort of nonpartisan voice in the whole thing. Uh, and I think she returned really the only conclusion that she could have returned, which is that there is uh, if this were a criminal prosecution, you would not have evidence to bring a case. Uh, and it's up now to the Senate to decide whether they're running this thing like a criminal prosecution or like some kind of kangaroo court. Andrew Egger, reporter for the Weekly Standard. Andrew, uh, great to talk to you. Thanks for the time. Yeah, thank you for having me on. You got it. Well done. Yeah, I just there's no weight there. There's We're... no there's no never mind whether it's a criminal proceeding. Everybody knows it's not. But there's nothing there except the testimony of, of uh, Dr. Ford, who, again, I found confused and, and strange and full of inconsistencies. Well, we'll get the we'll, we'll see how this plays out Friday. I don't quite still have a picture in my mind of what it's going to look like. We'll, 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 we'll grassly just gavel in the hearing, and then will they start arguing about the report? And walking out and, and yelling in the well, rest of it. That could be very exciting then to watch. I hold, heard old uh, Maisie Hirono this morning talking to, I think it was CNN, um, Oh, that's right. Yeah, the fawning, fawning lefty anchor on CNN, uh, practically slobbering on her. But she was talking about how they now have 24 people they're demanding the FBI talk to, including this. uh, There was a bar fight allegation, and they want to look into Brett Kavanaugh's drinking in general, which has clearly become a a wild goose chase. If you can prove he's a drinker, Robin. Then we've got a problem. It's a thing. I mean, I've seen on a couple of the TV shows up there, Kavanaugh is drinking. Um, That's that's a storyline. Now, is that just to drive home the fact that if he if he drinks, if he drank a lot in college, he must be a rapist? Or do they think drinking a lot alone is enough to peel off a vote or two? Uh, I think the the first one. Well, I think it's mostly about uh, it's not about the votes. It's about the voters. And, you know, a couple of my experiences in juries where you have to be in a room with strangers and listen to them attempt to reason. Really interesting experience and scary. In all my jury experiences, there were one to three people who would take a shred of um, evidence or a shred of information and, and immediately leap a couple of steps down the line and announce certainty based on that shred of information. In the style of, well, you know, he's he's drunk in college a lot, so I could totally see him getting crazy, raping a girl, then blacking out and having no idea. I mean, he's, we can't have a rapist on the Supreme Court. That sound, you think I'm exaggerating? I do. My point. No freaking way, man. These people scared me. <laughs> Injuries. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, their capacity to leap to certainty was scary. Hmm. Interesting. And it happened every time. Yeah, I got to take a break on this uh, whole conversation or my head will explode. But I do want to get into the the other narrative that's come out of this that's going to stick around for a long time. 
And that's that the whole white male thing that uh, you talk about being I'm I'm scared for our country and that how we've decided de- to demonize white males as the problem with everything. Yep. You just they can't be trusted. They're liars. Good old-fashioned racism for the same reasons. Whoa. Yep. I mean it's full-on racism. Anyway, we'll talk about that more later. That's a troubling one. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC, 415-295-KFTC. LeBron looks interesting in a Lakers jersey, doesn't he? See that? LeBron in a Lakers jersey. I just yeah. That ain't right. What do you think? I think that's... Mm, I don't know. I don't know. The number 23. Uh, you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm sorry about all that, you know, for all the science teachers, everybody coming up to me like, you know, I got to reteach my whole curriculum. I'm sorry. I apologize. Basketball star Kyrie Irving commenting he didn't realize the effect his talking about flat earth theories would have on schools and scientists. I haven't so looked the into kids this. believed it, huh? I haven't looked into this. Um, but I got a super smart friend who says the the information on these flat earth websites is really interesting and entertaining. They're just they're like conundrums. They're like, if the earth is round, why this, why this, why this? And they're all really interesting. I haven't looked into it. Sure, I it's get not, it. It's not people mm-hmm. who actually believe the earth is flat. It's just the how do you puzzle out this? Why does this happen? Eggheads finding unanswered questions. Yeah. That sounds great to me. Yeah, it's supposed to be I really entertaining. I understand it probably. But. Um, uh, and then it's a you know it's a wink and a joke that uh, you know I'm into the whole flat Earth thing. Um, why this? Why this? A guy the other day got a million dollars for so- solving the world's hardest math problem. Wow! Saw I that? couldn't solve most of the easy ones. <laughs> World's hardest, I forget, it's got a name. I've got it on my phone somewhere. Uh, it's got a name. We've talked about it before, the something not. or The Blogbard conundrum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's been around for centuries, and he solved it, and uh, he got a million dollars. Although some people say he didn't actually solve it. He blah, 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 blah. Math on math. Nerd on nerd violence. <sighs> um, you, but he got a million dollars from whoever decided he did solve it. You want to talk about a controversy and, I'm not getting into. And the answer was four. I don't, I don't know. How Surprisingly. Yeah. No remainder either. Um, <clears throat> also, a uh, guy in the New York Times with the column, my, my iPhone 6 is working better than ever. What's Apple up to? He doesn't know why Apple has done this, but he's very happy that they have. He says the new operating system, which I haven't downloaded. I have it. I, I, I put off the updates as long as I can because... Nine times out of ten in my life when I update an operating system, my stuff works worse. Or my apps don't work anymore. Or whatever happens. But anyway, he said the new operating system is making old phones work better than ever. And with Apple's new um, uh, willingness to replace batteries at a cheaper price, he says his iPhone 6 is working like when it was brand new. Mm. You know, I've got to and replace Judy's battery it. in mine, too. I've got yeah. a 7, but I certainly don't have a 10 or an 8 or a 19 or whatever's out now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Update your system and get a new battery and says your phone will be as good as it ever was. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with the way it's working. Well, I need a new screen, but other than that, I will. 
Oh, man, speaking of technology, so uh, you remember the new old pickup truck I bought from the guy in Idaho? Sure. Drove all the way home to the West Coast. Awesome. And, um, it, it, well, it, said, it, it did this once about a month ago. I'm going to the hardware store. I'm a Lowe's guy. I don't hate Home Depot people, though. Can we come together as Americans? Hardware partisanship. Is it just avoiding a left turn that takes you to Lowe's instead of Home Depot? That's about the way I usually make my choice. Mm. But is there something you particularly like about it? Well, I I lived in a hood where there was one right next to each other. Perfect. Yeah. One of each. Um, And I uh, conducted an extensive experiment in which one I liked better and just ended up with Lowe's. Okay. But uh, anyway. (laughs) A thorough experiment. Oh, yeah. I would go to each one in succession and just kind of overall grade my experience there. Double-blind placebos were involved. It was very thorough. Exactly. Occasionally, I'd go to an ace and be reminded how good the service is there. Uh, But anyway, so uh, I'm going to the Lowe's, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, instead of the car going forward, the truck going forward, it just revved like it. The drive, the uh, the powertrain was not getting the power. And I thought, what the hell? And so I pulled over, I stopped, I put it in park, put it back in drive, worked perfectly. Well, Judy and I were going to the mountains uh, this past weekend, and I'm riding along, and all of a sudden, it drops out of gear. It can't drive, except in second gear. So long story short, (laughs) I drove two and a half hours way up into the mountains and back in second gear in my new old pickup truck. Oh, you did? Yeah. You didn't know it, or...? On purpose. Oh, that was the only way okay. to make it go forward. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, I wasn't going to take up residence where it stopped. Sure. So, uh, yeah. So I got to get that puppy fixed. But, you know, when I bought it, I, I paid 11 bucks, whatever it was, for that full vehicle report. Car checker. I can't remember the name. And I noticed the thing. It had six owners. Now, it's a 14-year-old truck. <laughs> wow, six owners. That's a lot of turnover on one vehicle. Uh, uh, well, uh, six or seven. I am Henry wow. the Eighth. I am Henry the Eighth. I am. I am. Um, and I thought that's odd. But I'm beginning to think this thing's got some mysterious funk to it. <laughs> that you take it to the dealer and they say, "I don't know. Seems fine to me." Maybe the problem is the Ryman hypothesis. That's the math problem the guy solved for a million dollars. The Ryman hypothesis. What does that state in brief? And again, the answer is four. Uh, I don't know. A 160-year-old math problem. One That's of the, too old. Yeah. There's the guy that fixed it. Well, he looks like you'd expect him. Again. Oh, white male. I can't believe you'd expect the answer from an old white man. Right. Gonna it's get a him. racist never, answer. Ever trust it's the white man's truth. Do we even get a hint? Is it like how do you no, calculate no. a? Uh... No, I tried to. I tried to even read the explanation of what the problem is. All right, just, you've done us a favor. Yeah, then. you can. Okay. <laughs> There's no point. <laughs> you know, I was thinking recently. I'd like to restudy basic geometry. Geometry's cool. I, I love geometry. I loved geometry. Yeah, that that was the last math class I really loved. Well, and it just it was it, so it, useful. It, yeah, exactly. It had application. The problem with so much of higher math for people is why would I ever need to know this? Yeah, which is right. a decent question. I would calculate hypotenuses on the golf course. There you go. To figure out yardage. Huh? <laughs> uh-huh. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Senate leaders lobbing insults at each other over the Kavanaugh investigation. And at long last, you will finally be getting a presidential alert on your cell phone. Yes. And racism has become okay. It just clearly has. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Executive producer Hanson, how many of those peanut butter bars have you eaten today? I I have to catch up to you. You've I've had, had like three. Three's quite a few. Oh, wow. Fat. 
I think I'm at three also, so it's a race. Ah! Gluttony, one of the seven deadly sins. We've got a no, new co-worker who, when she's stressed, she says she bakes, and she brings in stacks of baked goods every day. Oh, she must be stressed. And, uh, yeah, peanut butter bars today, which are as good as any peanut butter bar I've ever had. Peanut butter oatmeal bar, right? Oh, those are good. Yeah, peanut butter's a meat substitute as far as I'm concerned, and oatmeal is healthy. <laughs> So it's really... Wow. There you go. I'm Meat and oats. Now. Meat and oats, yeah. What are those muffin-looking <laughs> things? Do we know? Greeting number four, awesome. Oh, apricot muffins. See, all, again, healthy. Healthy yeah, snack. Sure, sure. <laughs> Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, Republicans want the investigation by the FBI into sexual misconduct allegations against Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh wrapped up by the end of the week, and the FBI has certainly been busy. This morning, his lawyer... I thought it was interesting that our FBI guests said that they can turn as many resources as they need to it. Yep. Because I wasn't yep. quite sure how that would work. Well, then, they, they could probably get a hell of a lot done in a week, I would Plus, think. Plus, with all the field offices, somebody's living, say, in Palo Alto. You call the uh, Western California branch and right. say, hey, send somebody to talk to uh, Dr. Shmetovich over there, and, right. and they will. This morning, his lawyer says the uh, FBI's interviewed uh, Brett Kavanaugh's high school friend, Mark Judge. The interview has been done and is in the books. Mark Judge, according to his book, said, I, I went to college. I'll have to take your word for it. That's his memory. This is a giant waste of time, Marshall. That is my statement. And that is intentional. So you don't believe the victims? Correct. None of them. 0 for 3. No, all victims in general. You don't believe oh. <laughs> victims of sexual assault. How to argue unfairly. You've, you've learned well from my clinics. Well, that yeah. technique worked on Jeff Flake, apparently. Yeah. I don't know what his deal is, Flake. Is he super sheltered or... He looked legitimately pained, but I don't yep. understand how you don't respond to that woman. Look, I don't know the who woman you yelling, are. I was raped 13 years ago. Do you believe me? I don't know who you are. I don't, I don't have any reason not to believe you or to believe you. I don't know who you are. And, and even if it happened to you, that doesn't mean it happened to her. So how do you not respond to that? Way? I, I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know. Flake, I've heard from some people Flake is bent on um, taking vengeance on Trump. Because Trump's been hard on Flake, and they don't like each other and all. I, I, mean, I don't know just, if that it fully explains it. If he did just flat come out and said, I believed Ford more than I believed Kavanaugh, okay, it's a matter of opinion. But to, to have your mind changed by somebody screaming in an elevator, I was raped, do you believe me? What is that? It's like it's the first time he'd ever considered the question. Oh, it's just strange. Meanwhile, Senate leaders are blasting each other over the uh, Kavanaugh investigation. In his opening statement this morning, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell ripped Democrats over the nomination process. It started with straightforward political maneuvering. None of it worked, of course. But whatever excuses they could find to delay, delay, delay. McConnell accusing Democrats of playing dirty. When Judge Kavanaugh demonstrated his widely acknowledged brilliance, some chose a darker road. The politics of personal destruction were willfully unleashed. Democrat leader Chuck Schumer firing back. Sometimes his comments are so absurd, so filled with double standard, with innuendo, with hypocrisy, that you don't know whether to laugh or cry. Is that Schumer talking about McConnell? McConnell? Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. That's, yeah. This is a new era. That is... Uh... That is not my friend who I've known for a long time misunderstands. Right. That's the way you generally disagreed in the Senate. We're into the Twitter comments era of the Senate. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The new wireless. The senator from Nebraska raped my ears with this speech. <laughs> I'd rather be dead than listen to that a hole utter another word, Mr. Chairman. 
The new wireless emergency alert system is going to be... A turtle called. He wants his head back. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Signed, <laughs> Big Senate 69. <laughs> The new wireless emergency alert system is going to be tested out tomorrow at 1118. Making my phone great again. West Coast time. (laughs) People will get a loud to tone and vibration on their smartphones across the U.S. Stick it in my pants. (laughs) The system is being set up to send out so-called presidential alerts in national emergencies. A lawsuit, though, has been filed in federal court in New York City claiming the new alert system represents an unconstitutional seizure of electronic devices and would allow President Trump and future presidents to disseminate propaganda at oh, will. Right. All right. Trump's the new Hitler. You know what the, the the iPhone's doing now with the new operating system? You look at your calendar, it'll have stuff in gray that's read-only. You can't delete it. That will be lunch with John. Because it found... Lunch with John in one of your emails. Yeah, I don't like that. Noon Thursday. And as I tweeted at Apple, hey, the new found function is kind of cool because you don't have to make it. Sure. You know, you don't have to create it. But it includes lunches discussed but not booked. Right. Because somebody couldn't make it. Um, let me find my tweet about that because... It's also a little creepy, isn't it? Oh, it's it's beyond a little hey, creepy. Hey, we, we overheard you talking to your wife about going out to dinner, so I put that in your calendar. Yeah, exactly. It's that sort of stuff. Let me find it real quick as long as I'm talking about Oh, there it is. There you go. Um, it's cool, but includes lunches proposed but not books. Booked. Drinks with folks I've never heard of. Judy finally figured out. It said drinks with Jenny or something like that. And I'm like, I don't know any Jennies. And we finally traced it to an email about an organization meeting that was going to include cocktails, and she was a contact who was also at the meeting or something. And also, uh, Judy had on her calendar, dinner with Papa Murphy. <laughs> that's that's an ad she got via email. And as I tweeted, oh, Papa Murphy, I do so enjoy our dinners. Dinner with Papa Murphy is not on the calendar. Hilarious. All right, that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. Here I'm starting to get a show, The Conscience of the Nation. We should ring the bell. The Liberty Bell, ladies and gentlemen. When you're the conscience of the nation, you have the Liberty Bell. In studio, next to a bald eagle. That's right. Michael went in to record it, but we didn't like the quality of the recording, so we had him go back and just steal the damn thing. Um, I, I actually want to talk about the um, the... Boostering of racism in America toward white people, toward white males specifically. I just think it's weird. I don't know how we got here, but it has become so commonplace. I hear it every single day now. And I have some incredibly controversial racial takes for you next segment. Probably the last segment of our careers. Well, I, yeah. Give me, I'm glad you gave me a heads up on that. Yeah, save your money for the next five minutes, Jack. I want to list my house. It's over. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Sean's one-word market report. Today, Sean, the markets are calm. Okay. Mm. Hold. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, I was reading about the supposed bar fight that uh, Kavanaugh was involved in. Maybe we'll get into that next hour. Yeah, I understand he took like a uh, 12-inch butcher knife and just hacked a bunch of people to death. Threw some ice at somebody, according to this Ice story. chucker! But then his buddy chucked a bottle at somebody Whoa. and hit him in the ear. Which oh, is, no. That's a serious, that's a thing. Yeah, that's that's violence. And that's how you ended up with the police there, because the police don't show up for throwing ice. Right. But they will show up for... I saw a bar fight one time. Guy broke the bottle and then jammed the broken edge of the bottle into a guy, the side of a guy's head. Holy That cats. was bloody. Holy. Oh, man. People yeah. just drove off the road. That was gruesome. I didn't realize it at the time, but now that I'm older, I realize that a lot of the bars that I frequented were pretty rough. Yeah. I didn't know it at the time. Oh, man. It just seemed normal. Just where we hang out. Someday know? I'll tell you stories of the, the biker bars that my band used to play in. We were a hard rock band, and they loved us. But uh, whew. luckily when you're in the band, everybody, everybody likes you. So uh, Paul Krugman, the, the, the latest in one of many, talking about how it's all about revenge of angry males. and That's what all this is about. And talks about Kavanaugh's angry attitude and uh, Lindsey Graham's angry, angry attitude. And Trump support and where the whole Trump thing comes from. And what we're finding is that white male rage isn't restricted to blue-collar guys in diners. It's also present among people who've done very well in life's lottery, whom you'd normally consider very much part of the elite. In other words, hatred can go along with high income and all too often does. Ooh, hatred. That's funny that you trotted that out. What does he mean? Um... Uh, White males hate giving up their power. And so there's there's that whole thing there. Everybody hates giving up power. Yeah, and well, as I soon don't, as I get some power, I'll hate yeah. giving it up. One, one, everybody does hate giving up power. If you have some, you hate giving up two. I I don't know what power I exactly have had or have. But so there's that whole white white men feeling like they're losing power and they're they're angry about it. And then right. there's just the because white males were uh, the the power center, I mean, easily measured power center, in, as in only white males could vote mm-hmm. <laughs> for so long. Right. You know, that gives you a lot of power. Um, uh, that now we have to consider all white males suspect, beyond suspect. You just can't be, can't be believed. You can't right. trust a white male. And I am quite concerned about raising a couple of young white males into a country where being a white male, you are automatically judged as a liar or unfair or or bigoted or whatever. Well, you know what that is? That's called racism. Oh, and it's classic racism for the usual reasons, because then you get to devalue that person. You don't have to listen to them, and you can find them instantly guilty. Like an Emmett Till, for instance, who is presumed guilty and, and, and murdered brutally, and many black men across the South. You didn't have to listen to their opinion. It was very, very convenient for racists for a very long time. And it's being exercised in exactly the same and way he, these days. And Emmett Till, uh, you know, that horrible story, he was judged by a bunch of white people. They couldn't lie. Well, now we're headed toward a reverse where a white person couldn't possibly be telling the truth. And if you had a jury of people of color, they couldn't possibly lie. Well, right. We're and, just going to have racism in the other direction, which is terrible. And, and you cringing white people walking around with your white guilt. And I'm not talking about legitimate knowledge and appreciation of the sins of the nation through history. Um, I'm talking about this frantic need to be woke. It's not about justice. It's about power. 
And, you know, people want power and people have always wanted power. And once they once they get that power, they will exercise it every bit as badly as anybody else has. So just, you know, you can be smart. You can consider history. You can live your life the way you choose to. But this whole uh, I have to carry the sins of relatives I've never heard of from 170 years ago. That's just ludicrous. Somebody pointed out the power we do have. We are the 47th most influential talk show in America. I Aren't, thought we were higher than we're that. We're 24th now. Like Aren't we 24? Something. Oh, and we're rapidly gaining on the top We 10. were 47 last year. We're in the 20s now. Please, I feel much more powerful this year. So I got this list of uh, quotes from the lamestream media heading up to the F- Dr. Ford hearings. Areva Martin, CNN legal analyst. They know the optics of 11 white men men questioning Dr. Ford. Gloria Borger, CNN chief political analyst. They understand that you have all these white men who would be questioning this woman. John Garamundi, Democrat, California, who knows better. Women across this nation should be outraged at what these white men senators are doing to this woman. And I've got a, that's uh, that's uh, a tenth of the list. I have a huge long list here of those things. All right, here are my incredibly controversial racial takes um, that will end her career. Um, first of all, not related to the question, 17% of the U.S. Ryder Cup team were men of color, as opposed to 12.7% of the population being black. So golf is disproportionately black. <laughs> it's it's the, the, at the elite levels. Golfers are, generally speaking, more often black than the population. So, there you go. Stop your cliches about golf. Uh, Secondly, since the question was specifically, can you have these white men? And again, I have dozens of examples. Not of men, but of their race being thrown in. Can we have white men listening to allegations of sexual assault? Which is so crazy. The men thing troubles me. Right. But then the white thing? What's that got to do with it? Ford's white and Kavanaugh's white. What the hell difference does it make? Well, as long as that's a legitimate uh, point, uh, talking point, and it is according to CNN, John Garamundi, uh, Morning Joe on MSNBC, Man, there's tons oh, of I've, CNN I've it, here. Man, they're banging it like I, a drum. I've heard it a hundred times in the right. last week. As long as we're bringing that up. I did a bunch of research, well, a little research, and came up with the races of the perpetrators of sexual violence in America over the last several years. If there is a racial group that you want to look at as being somehow probably not the right people to ask about sexual violence, it ain't white people. And I'll just leave it there. Now, I'm more than willing to grant a concession that, well, uh, racial minorities disproportionately arrested, charged, blah, blah, blah. So you'd have to tease that out of the statistics. But the idea that white men shouldn't be looking at sexual violence is a bizarre and racist and indefensible allegation or suggestion. And it was made over and over and over again. It's good old-fashioned racism. Right. That's why I keep saying I think we're actually inching towards some sort of civil war. It's, it's, I, I can't believe it. But when you start declaring the other side is evil, mm-hmm. um, the way we've, we've done on both sides are doing that. The other side is evil. I mean, they, they can't even be reasoned with. They're evil. They're out to hurt us. And then you start breaking it down by race lines. Oof, it could get really ugly really fast. Yeah, yeah. And and trying to whip y'all up into a state of constant anger and fear 
uh, to get the D's or the R's elected God, in the next it, election cycle. Obviously, Yikes. it's horrifying that people at the highest levels of media are, are engaging in this sort of thing. But people in our own government, elected officials who should really know better than to start throwing around that you can't have white males making this decision. Why not? That's who the voters chose. So what are you trying to say? That was Lindsey Graham's argument. The voters of South Carolina chose me to be their senator. Who, who's your problem with? Am I supposed to step down because I'm a white? I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. We, 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 the Constitution, I mean, the way we've crafted government is this committee is supposed to make the decision. I'm who is sent here as a representative from my state. I don't, I don't understand what I'm supposed to do now, mm-hmm. which is a very good question. It doesn't make any difference, apparently. No, no, no. But, but the other, the, the the really useful part of racism is that you can get people to adopt it really quickly. It becomes popular in a hurry. Boy, we're going down this road way too fast. Oh yeah. Thank you, social media. Yeah. In large part. That's troubling. 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 The worst ideas ever had can be communicated to tens of millions of people in moments. What did P.J. O'Rourke say? Why did we got all the stupid people together so they can talk to each other? <laughs> yeah. The internet has allowed the dumbest people in the world to communicate with the rest of the dumbest people in the world. Yeah. I'm not sure that's helpful And the for most you. angry and hateful, too. Mm-hmm. I'll be damned. You are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.